Bay Hills United Methodist Church. Um, we are an inclusive and mission-minded congregation committed to be a place for everyone as we welcome, grow, serve, and celebrate together. And it is a joy to be in this space with you. Um, a reminder of our safety update. Um, once you are seated, if you feel you are comfortable doing so and fully vaccinated and separated enough, you may remove your masks. We do just ask that when we sing, you continue to wear them during our congregational singing, um, as that's a little more high risk. But we are so close to our kids, five and up, being able to get vaccinated. They're thinking early November, although they keep saying dates and pushing it, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful early November. Um, so hang in there a little bit longer as we are a mixed group. Um, if you do get up and move around, we ask you to put it back on. But numbers in Madison County are looking good. Um, again, just hang in there with us. But if you are seated, fully vaccinated, and feel comfortable doing so and see your space, um, you can remove your mask, um, unless we are singing. When we're singing, we ask that you put those back on. But again, welcome to this space. A few announcements to share with you. Um, first, I hope um, everyone in our church family joins us October 31st for our trick-or-treat trail. trail. There will be a chili, staff chili cook-off. Um, we're going to show Charlie Brown the Great Pumpkin. Obviously, our kids can go through the trail and trick-or-treat. The youth will aid with that. Um, but come on out and join us, and let's just have a nice, um, nice fellowship time. And right now, the weather looks great, but just pray that that continues to be the case. Um, there's some information about Theology on Tap resuming. You can see that. And then Charge Conference is today at 5 via Zoom. Some of you I've already spoken to. If you want to attend that, um, let me know. It may be too late. <laughs> they, uh, they want everyone to let them know they're coming for some outside reasons I can explain later. Uh, but if you want to attend, let me know, and I will see if I can get you the link and get you added to the list of those attendees. And then SPRC will meet tonight at 6.30 in the Garden Multipurpose Room. So if you're a part of that committee, please make plans to join us then. Youth, a few of you heard me. Time is different tonight, 5 to 7. So don't forget, um, not 5.30 to 7, 5 to 7. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who came through our Come and Go Congratulations brunch for Jeff and Elizabeth. Um, we, they're back. He's up there. If you want to wave, tell them congratulations. <laughs> you can see. Um, yeah, so we had a good time this morning celebrating, celebrating them. And I think that is all I have. But as always, please read through the bulletin. See all that's going on from the life of the church, how you may be involved. Look over those prayer concerns and hold those in our church family in prayer. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day.
creatures God has made. We believe in God, whose utmost loving sacrifice is experienced through Jesus Christ, who paid it all. We believe that Jesus Christ consciously and lovingly emptied himself so that we may learn to sacrifice and live joyfully before God. By Christ's impartial love, we learn to love those on the margins. We believe in the Holy Spirit who enables us to represent Jesus to the world. We believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, a new community will be created without labels. We believe all has been accomplished for deliverance and salvation and is now being lived in flesh, even as God is glorified in heaven. This time I'd like to invite our children forward for children's moments. you were asleep right now well you may not be the only one buddy that's all right you're here all right I have a couple things I want to share with you today first of all what is what's this a puzzle, a puzzle. what do we do with puzzles a we make it what are they what are they what are puzzles they are that you have to use your brain to think but what are they They are. And when you put it together, what does it make? A picture, right? So puzzles take a bigger picture, and I should have I should have brought one that looks more like puzzle pieces. Yeah. We're not gonna build this whole puzzle, no. But I just wanted to show you. So a, a puzzle is something that takes a picture, right, and it breaks it into little pieces. And then you take the pieces and put it together, and it makes the picture, right? It makes the big picture. Well, I have another little puzzle piece over here. A big one. Who wants to read what that says for me? All right. Well, she's a... Say, who, if you want to read, read it. Go. Yeah, it says, every family has a story. Welcome to ours. So this puzzle piece kind of represents a family because the family's kind of like this picture, right? You have lots of family members, right? No. Do you have, um, no, you don't have a ton? Well, you have at least three. I've met them. You don't? You have at least four? Okay. So when you're whole, have you ever had a big family reunion like when all your family's together? Yeah? Yeah, so my, my, um, my grandfather, my great-grandfather had like 10 siblings too, yeah. 
Yeah, so some of us have big families, and when we get together, there's a lot of different people, and they're kind of like puzzle pieces. They kind of tell us different stories about who we are. But I brought this because right now at Parkway Hills, every Sunday, we've been telling a story kind of about Parkway Hills, about the beginnings of this place. Anybody know how old the church is? How old this church is? 100 years old. This church is not 100 years old. Is it less than that? Not 50. Not two. You've been here longer than two. A little bit less than 30. Yeah, it's around, tw- I keep getting the date wrong apparently, so it's 20. We're going to say 25. We're going to say 25. So we've been telling stories about this church. No, it's 25. So we've been telling stories about this church and the original vision of this church. And we've been talking about who we want to be. So that, that's a piece of the puzzle. But what does this last part say? Welcome welcome to ours. Yeah, every family has a story. Welcome to ours. What's the big story of the church? Not just this church. Okay, God and Jesus. Yes. So we come every week to remember not just the story of Parkway Hills, but our big story about Jesus. And one important thing about Jesus, which we've talked about, um, I think, every Sunday since we started this stewardship season, is this word right here. Welcome, yeah. It's a story where we share who we understand Jesus to be and how Jesus touches our lives, and then we invite other people to join us in this story so that they can also experience the love and grace of Jesus. It is, it's right over there. And we're all kind of like different puzzle pieces that make the story bigger and better. Serve and celebrate, yep, that's right. All right. I'm going to lay this here, and we will, say, we will say a prayer together. Can you fold your hands for me? Yep. All right. You got your hands? Repeat after me. Hey, Maggie, you ready? All right. Let's say this together. You ready? Dear God, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for our family, the church. Help us. To be a family that always welcomes others. Amen. All right, so if you are three through kindergarten, you can go with um, Mr. Jody and Miss Mandy to extended session. You're going to have to ask, ask your mom, yeah. Yeah? Four? Nope. Nope, you cannot. Psalm 84, the joy of worship in the temple. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. 
Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. We enjoyed that. So, 
um, which you caught on to with the children's message, you know, we're continuing walking through this stewardship season by kind of remembering the story of this place. And we've been using the book of Romans. And I know last week we took a little break from that as uh, Reverend Chris Brooking Richardson um, filled in for me while I was away. Um, And she chose to use the prodigal son as she thought about church being home. Um, But we're going to move back into Romans today, looking at Romans 10. I just want to remind you a little bit about what's going on in Romans. Um, As I've said every week, I mean, if you've ever read through Romans, I mean, it is a deep, heavy theological work. Paul is really trying to work through what God has done in and through Jesus Christ, what it means for those of the Jewish faith um, and for Gentiles, which means everyone else, (laughs) what it means um, for the whole world, for everyone, what it means that God has done this new thing. And chapters 9 through 11 really are kind of the meat of this heavy work. In chapter 10, Paul is leaning really heavy into his concern for the salvation of his Jewish kindred. And ultimately, as you read, you see that Paul's really stressing that Israel's calling into being has always been on the basis of God's freely electing grace, not on any merit of those who have been called, that Israel didn't earn it, it was freely given. He's really stressing this righteousness by faith, not works. So I'm going to read a portion from Romans 10, verses 5 through 15. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Gracious God, Your word is very near on our lips and in our hearts. As this word is read and proclaimed by the power of your Holy Spirit, make it become in us the word of faith. Then send us in joy to bring this word to others who also need the good news of salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So here now, Romans 10, verses 5 through 15. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
<clears throat> As many of you know, um, and I've already alluded to, I was out last week officiating the wedding of Jeff and Elizabeth. Um, and I was scrolling through Facebook this past week after I got back from the wedding, and I saw another wedding that had taken place, and I noticed something. One of my friends from high school, someone I graduated with, um, conducted the ceremony. And no, this person is not a minister. They were ordained online um, so that they could officially, legally perform the ceremony. Now, this is one of my pet peeves. Not that you can do something to make it legal to perform a wedding, that they get to be called ordained. Do you know how much work <laughs> I had to do to get ordained? In total, if you count it all, it is a 10-year process. You've got four years of undergrad, three years of graduate school, three years of probationary membership, two intense interview processes, two separate filings of paperwork and answering a ton of questions, two psych evaluations so that they know we're not crazy, an annual required retreat for three years, a monthly peer group meeting for three years, and my friend was ordained online. I think this story um, helps me anyway, maybe it helps you understand the dilemma that Paul is facing in Romans. Those in the Jewish faith had been doing and were doing all the things, like going through a 10-year process of requirements while Gentiles were just able to get ordained online. And Paul knows that his Jewish family and friends, they're feeling kind of what I was feeling when I saw that picture. He says at the beginning of what, I, what we just read that Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law that the person who does these things will live by them. He acknowledges the history of the people of Israel of earning righteousness by keeping the law. But then he shifts. He says, no, it's not like that. It isn't about what we do. We lean into the faithfulness of God. God has fulfilled the covenant through Christ who has now become righteousness for everyone. Everyone and anyone can be ordained online. Mindy Douglas, she talks about this on her in her commentary about this passage. And she says, you know, back in Paul's time, this writing would have been considered heretical among the Jewish faithful. Access to God, it was through the law. God reserved righteousness for those who observed and kept the law. Any relationship with God depended on strict adherence to the requirements of the law. This new righteousness through faith, it would have just seemed like cheap grace to those who had spent their life living faithfully by keeping the law. Now, not only um, can we relate to the people of Israel getting a little bit upset that Gentiles could get everything without doing anything, Douglas reminds us that we can really relate to wanting or needing to do something ourselves, that deep down we still kind of lean into this works righteousness. Many of us want 
even demand a list of things to do that will put us in right relationship with God, or at least make us feel good or look good. Give us something to say, okay, I can rest easy. I've done all the things. This is especially true for us as the people who are the checklist people, right? We like to mark things off and say, we've done that. We've accomplished that. And there are many who believe we deserve certain rewards in life because we've earned them through hard work and good living. Or if we don't feel we deserve them, we at least feel others who haven't worked hard or maintained a good living, well, they don't deserve them. We want kind of our salvation to depend on our own righteousness. We certainly don't want those who aren't living right to be included in the righteousness of God. We have a problem with thinking we are in control of our lives. We can save ourselves. No problem. No problem, Douglas says, until the reality of our humanity rears its head. Our ultimate trust in ourselves lasts until those times in our lives, which happen a lot, bring us face to face with our human weakness or our own mortality. This happens all throughout our life, um, from a difficult diagnosis, a divorce, job loss, mental illness, deportation of one we love, fear, feelings of inadequacy, anger, addiction, any of those things that can kind of jerk us back into the realization that the control we thought we had over our own lives, well, it's just an illusion. These moments... These seasons, these journeys, Douglas says, well, they help us remember that God is God and we are not. A message Paul was trying to send. So Paul in Romans stresses that the righteousness of God in Christ is a gift for all. That everyone who trusts in the Lord, those who have come to the realization that God is God and they are not, will be saved. As the church, we do not build up walls to keep people out. All are invited into this relationship of trust and dependence on God. This is not dependent, as we have learned throughout history and are still trying to learn. This is not dependent on race or cultural heritage or who you love or your gender identity or your refugee or immigration status or your age or your ability or your body art or your piercings or the clothes you wear or the zip code you live in or anything else we could name. But God's salvation and inclusion in that salvation is for all who trust in the Lord. God knows no distinction. Psalm 84 that we had heard, read earlier, um, talks about a sparrow finding a home. And there's a children's book that kind of rewrites the Psalms, and it says this, Like a mama bird who has found a nest for her baby chicks, God, you provide a safe, warm place for me your child. Like a mama bird, God, you provide for me, your child, for her, your child, for him, 
your child. We believe in a God of welcome, of hospitality, of inclusion, and we all know how it makes us feel to be included or to be excluded. So one more, one more wedding story. So Jeff and Elizabeth's wedding was a small family-only wedding, and sometimes as the minister, these can feel a little awkward. As the officiant, um, you can sometimes feel out of place, um, like a guest who doesn't quite fit in. But this was not the case with Jeff and Elizabeth's family. Some of them I knew beforehand, some I didn't. Um, you know, I got to go to a seafood boil the day before, went to the wedding, stayed for the reception, and I felt like one of the family. Everyone talked to me, I felt like they wanted me there, they were happy I was there. I felt included in what was a joyous family day. But I'll admit, I've experienced the other as well. You show up, you just kind of hang around waiting for the wedding to start. A few people say hello, introduce themselves, they want you there but only because they really need someone there to say the words and sign the license. At least that's how you feel. You're invited to the reception. You go, but after a bit, you leave. Now, this hasn't happened to me all that often, um, but you remember it when it does. And I know this is the church experience that some have had. Visitors show up. They kind of hang around, waiting for something to start. A few people say hello, introduce themselves. They know that we want them here, but maybe we make them feel like we only want them here to make ourselves feel better. We invite them to some things. They come for a bit, then they leave. I'm sure this has been the experience of some who have visited here. We're not always on our best game. But I also know, and I am proud to say, um, when we are on our best game, we do pretty well. But what a great image um, for us to constantly hold because we all know how both of these things feel. How awkward going to a new or different or first place experience can be. How awkward it can be to be the not family member going to that family celebration. And the church, this place, it should be a place where everyone feels included. Like they have been invited into a joyous family day. Not so that we can feel good about how many chairs are filled or how much money we bring in, but because we are growing the kingdom. We are creating a community in Christ. Like a mama bird who has found a nest for her baby chicks, we are called to provide a safe, warm place for every child of God. This is how we share the story. This is how others come to know Jesus Christ in and through our work as the body of Christ. Over the past month, we've been reminding ourselves of that original vision of Parkway Hills. We began with Romans 8 and talked about that scandalous, extravagant love of God 
We talked about our calling to be a safe space for anyone who has never experienced church. Last week, a focus on home and church as home. And today, we remember um, that this space, this building, these chairs, um, this altar table, all the things in this place, they belong to God. That it is about God. That in our work together, we lean into the faithfulness of God because God is God and we are not. This space exists as a place for everyone. Like a mama bird who has found a nest for her baby chicks, we are called to provide a safe, warm place for every child of God. I love the way the NRSV words it. It says, even the sparrow finds a home. Even the sparrow finds a home. May we indeed be a place where no matter who you are or who you were or where you are from or what you have done or the things maybe you haven't done, that even you, even they, they find a home within these walls, within this church family. God has planted the vision for us in Christ. God's begun the work in Christ. We simply show up, open the doors, provide the space, not so that we can feel good about how many chairs are full or how much money we bring in, but because we are growing the kingdom. We are creating community in Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, the psalmist says. May it be so. Amen. As we respond to God's word, we move into a time of prayer, reflecting on what we have heard, but also releasing to God all the things that we hold heavy on our hearts and minds this day. Um, there will be space for you to lift the names of those um, that you hold in love. But now, let us go to God in prayer. Let's pray. God of power and love, you do indeed cover and provide for us like a mama bird. You are with us in every circumstance of this life. We thank you for your steadfast faithfulness. We thank you for the gift of your peace, which comes to us even in times of chaos and fear, trouble and doubt. We thank you for your powerful arms of mercy that grasp us when we are sinking, for your powerful word that coaxes us even when we are hiding and afraid. We put our trust in you, for you alone can save us. You are God, and we are not. 
we pray that we can live into the kingdom begun in and through the work of Christ. We ask for your power and love to overwhelm the chaos of the nations. In every place of war, send your encompassing shalom to restore and repair all that is torn and broken. We pray that violent and hostile struggles will be defeated by good. Give us faith and courage to follow Christ so closely that divisions are dismantled, reconciliation is accomplished, and love casts out all fear. Increase mutual understanding and a sense of unity in our community, in this congregation, in the church around the world, and in our personal relationships, bring healing where there is estrangement and hurt. In our relationship to your creation, give us creativity and perseverance as we work to be faithful, tender stewards of all that you have so wondrously made. God of presence, we entrust to your providence and care all those who suffer, all who are hiding from you, from others, or even from themselves because of fear or feelings of unworthiness. To one struggling with doubt, increase faith. To one enduring persecution or prejudice, bring freedom. For those caught in the grip of anxiety and uncertainty, grant the calm rest that your peace alone gives. And for all who face illness, pain, or even death, we pray for restoration and wholeness to fill them in heart, mind, and body. How there are many that we hold heavy on our hearts and minds this day. And now we release their names to you, either silently or aloud, in this space. Phyllis Nowicki and her family. Monty Thomas's mother. Almighty God, hear our cries to you. Gather us up and set us in safety, and we will praise your name. We ask all things. In the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
Our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, um, gives us a picture of, at our best, what it is we are able to offer one to another, but also what we are able to offer um, in this community, um, what it is um, our church, our faith, our story is able to share. I also want to remind you, you should have received your pledge cards in the mail. If you have not, there's some in the foyer and there's more in the office, but I hope you are praying and discerning um, over your pledge and your gifts for 2022. Um, we have the possibility of being debt-free by 2023. Um, there's lots in here about our story, our dreams, um, what we hope to do together. But your gifts are what allow us to be the space to offer this place, to offer a warm, safe space for every child of God. Um, and your giving matters. So make sure you've checked your mailbox for that. Take time to, time to pray and discern over that. But now I invite you to stand as we sing together 557, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. of our basket um, in, the, in the back. Uh, we still are not passing the plates, but the basket is back there for your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, as well as our app. You can use that to give as well. Um, but now receive this benediction, and I'll remind you the little puzzle piece from the children's moment. Um, every family has a story. Welcome to ours. May we indeed go out as a people who have a story to share and who really want to welcome others into the great story that is the story of the sacrificial servanthood love of Jesus Christ. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Amen.